every Wednesday evening. Join Ian O'Connell from 8pm for his new show called Standout. Each week, Ian will be interviewing a different guest who will have a particular story to tell. It could be someone who has overcome challenges, excelled in some area of their lives, or has been an inspiration to others. It's sure to be positive and interesting listening. So don't miss Stand Out with Ian O'Connell every Wednesday from 8 to 9pm here on Radio Kerry. Proudly sponsored by MD O'Shea's Killarney. Inspiring Kerry homeowners with a quality selection of bathrooms, stoves and electrical essentials. You're very welcome to Stand Out with me, Ian O'Connell. I hope I find you safe and well. I'm delighted to say that my guest on the show this week is Neil Kelders. Neil hasn't had the easiest journey growing up as he suffered quite badly with his mental health. I am going to talk to Neil about the importance of mental health in our lives, what role it plays in our own lives day to day, his own journey battling his own mental health problems and much more. Sit back and enjoy the show. Um, thanks a million for, for coming on today, Neil. I r- really appreciate it. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Um, before we start, do you want to give me a, a quick background on yourself, um, say growing up and where you're from and stuff for the listeners to get a, a bit of a, an idea of you? Yeah, I will. I'm uh, from Killarney. Um, lucky enough to grow up in Killarney because I call it kind of the outdoor mecca, you know, it's... Uh, I love running in nature and stuff like that. And you know yourself, you've talked in all these wonderful places, Muckras. Um, I'm from Woodlawn, Woodlawn Drive. Uh, so it was a small cul-de-sac, but back then when we were growing up, there were fields all around us. So even though we were close to the town, we'd actually have farm of fields around us. So we, we'd, go, we'd be gone from one day, uh, end of the morning to the next in the evening, only coming back for digestive biscuits to, feed, to fill our bellies, you know. And, uh, yeah, we did the usual stuff, building rafts, building carts, you name it, having fun. So I went to the SEM, SEM Bremen's College in Killarney. And, um, yeah, I suppose had a, a regular childhood, the same as everyone growing up in Killarney, until you, you hit the college scene and you seem to, people seem to wander in their own direction, then their own path, you know. So, as I said, lucky enough to uh, still have friends back home. My mom lives there and... Uh, um, I get back lucky enough to get back once in a while. Very good. Um, I suppose I I was introduced to you um after my accident. We we met. Uh, I suppose it was only a few months after coming home, but I remember you telling me about your own story and when you were suffering with your mental health. Um, do you want to give a a background on that? When when did it start and how how are you yeah. now and yeah, so I um, revealed in 2014 that I struggled with depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation. And it was the first time I spoke. So at that stage, I think I was 36. I'm giving away my age now, for sure. Um, 36. And I say for over 21 years, I struggled alone. And when I say alone, I wore a mask and nobody knew. And people that did know me at that time would have said I was kind of kind of outgoing, you know, as you would say, one of the lads, a good old Kerry saying. And um, I was bubbly, played sports, had friends, did did everything the same as everybody else. So outside, it seemed like this confident go-getter. But inside, in a sense, I was dying. And that's how I kind of describe it, because... I was battling every day just to face you, face people, face the outside world. Um, 
And I can remember the first time, I kind of say it was 15 years of age when I kind of clicked there was something up because I remember in the SEM we had to study. I wasn't the best studier. And we had this big, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we won't say anything about that. So we'll, <laughs> we'll skip by. But we had this big science book and I was there doing everything but uh, reading it. I was writing the Liverpool team on my desk or you name it. And uh, I remember I looked down at the book then I'd written suicide. So I'm 15 years of age writing suicide. And this was a thought each and every day, countless times a day, because I was struggling so much and I, I didn't know why I was so different to everybody else and everybody else seemed to get life there. Uh, find it easy and, and be able to take their path through life. And I wasn't, and I was only 15, but you know, it feels like it's the end of your world. Yeah. And there was only, as time struggled on, there was only one way out for me because I believed as time 15, 16, as I went into my twenties, I believed I had tried everything to overcome my mental health problems. And of course, looking back on it, I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't at all whatsoever. I had tried one or two things. No, I didn't. I, you know, I didn't understand what was happening to me. I didn't know what to do. Um, I kept it quiet. And why I kept it quiet is because I didn't want you to see me as different. I didn't want you to judge me. I didn't want you to feel sorry for me or have pity on me. And I didn't want to lose friendships, family, uh, you know, maybe connections of love down the line would this would uh, diminish my chances of that too so you keep it quiet and that all that fear builds up and compounds your feeling of depression your real lows and and the highs the, the overwhelm the anxiety and it's just being battled from one to the other and um there's always so much of that you can take um and like you said um it's behind the mask and I think it's so so common these days that people they they try to put on a, a face for just going even if it's down down to the shop and you know it's so sad to think that people have to go through that and that they're yeah. bottling it up for so for so long. Um I an interview I heard or was it a speech I I heard about two, three years ago after we met was you were up one night um and oh no, it was actually the morning, and there was a man on was it Ireland AM or Morning Ireland, and he had yeah. the he had the same um the same I suppose story. He was struggling with his mental health, and you could relate to him because I think you were saying at the time you didn't think there was anyone else like that. Yeah. Did um when you seen that, did it kind of lift a weight off your shoulders? No, do you know what it did? So I remember that it was the early morning getting ready from school and then my mother, come on, Neil, let's go. And you have the, the cereal box in front of you. You don't want anybody to see, you know, you're eating your cereal. And uh, it was the program on TV3 Ireland AM or something was on. And I remember this man, he was in his 40s at the time and he had a great business and he had a, a loving wife, beautiful kids. He was everything going for him. And he just he suffered from depression. He just, it was like, he just couldn't put his finger on it. The more he achieved, he still had this loss, this lost feeling, this emptiness. And that, when I heard that, I lifted my head and I was there, wow, that's it. Everything I do, nothing gives me fulfillment in a sense. There's an emptiness always there. And the scary thing about that is, 
if you achieve and achieve and achieve and you still have this emptiness, when does it go? Does it ever go? And at six, at 16, I was kind of, oh my, oh my God, like if he's 40, I can't, I can't go for another 30 years like this, you know? Um, and if he was, so it kind of gave me an understanding of it. So not in a good way, unfortunately, it was kind of, oh no, oh no, I can't do this. So suicide would have kind of um, been more frequent then at that stage in my thought process. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's, it's only when you, when you can relate to, to somebody. Um, I remember when you, was it your sister that you, when you first said it to her? I think it was, I seen in the talk, was it her you said it to and you came so, up her? Yeah, actually my sister-in-law. So my brother, um, Paul, and uh, my sister-in-law, Sinead, is actually from Clarny as well. And they live in Dublin. And I call in for a cup of coffee. It was um, a lovely day, beautiful day, April. Um, I think it was the 14th of April, 2014. I can remember the day. And I went in, we were chatting. I can smell the coffee as I'm walking in and ch- chit-chat or whatever happening. And as you go into their kitchen, they have big doors that look out onto a beautiful garden where I would play, would have played with my nieces and nephews, be it basketball or trampoline or you name it. Um, and for some reason, I, I still don't understand why. I just said, I can't do this anymore. And she was there like, what? You know, work is it bad or, you know, what's going on? Or, and I said, no, I have to die. She's like, and I, I just, I can't imagine the impact that had that. Even, right. I'd say that was just like hitting a wall, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I then kind of clicked that I had to explain to her to get, give her an understanding of what I meant. And I just kind of said, you know, even though I know that my niece's names are Saoirse, Quiva, Patrick and Liam, even though Quiva, Saoirse, I will never see her finish her leaving cert or Quiva will never show me her one of her gymnastic routines or Patrick will never paint pictures of me again and Liam will never call me from the car to tell me the goal he scores even though they'll never say my name again or dial my number even though that will cause them great hurt uh, I said I still have to go I have to die because my pain outweighed everything else Yeah. even though I knew it would hurt my family my mother my pain outweighed everybody else. And in a sense, I felt that I would relieve them of pain as well eventually, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And she was like, oh my God. But when I spoke, that minute I spoke, now that's when the weight was lifted off my shoulders. That's when I was like, and I literally went like this, oh, geez, I'm great. I'll see you later. And she goes, what, (laughs) what? What? No, no, what? And I said, no, I've got a meeting. I've got to go. And it was literally li- nearly that instantaneous. I said, geez, I should have talked to you years ago. If you want to listen to the full podcast, you can listen to it by clicking the link below in the description. And that will bring you to the standout Woodin O'Connell podcast on Spotify, where you can listen to the full interview for free.